welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge your family to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. Hopefully you had a chance to check out the last two episodes on other songs we recommend listening to with your kids. And this is the third of three episodes in this little summer mini-series to get you started on using music to fill your kids' heads, and of course your own head, with beautiful truths from God's Word. Remember, Paul instructed us in Philippians 4 to think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely. What a great way to apply this verse. For today's episode, we're going to go old school. I'm going to make a statement now, and you can feel free to disagree with me, but here it is. Newer is not always better. I think there's a subtle trap that we can fall into in the 21st century Western society because we've been sort of conditioned to follow the shiny new object, the sensational, the different, the unique, the edgy. Now, admittedly, I'm temperamentally just sort of an old soul I've wanted to be an old man ever since I was like a teenager for some strange reason. I don't know what that's all about. But I really think there's something so cool about connecting with the past. And in this case, realizing that you're the beneficiary of an amazing heritage of faith passed down through generations and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis's rule not to read two new books in a row. I believe he said you should always read an old book before you read a second consecutive new book. What a great rule, and I say we apply it to hymns. In general, I think old hymns tend to be just more grounded in the Word of God, which is obviously a great thing. More than artsy phrases and catchy tunes, we need to be grounded in time-tested, solid, deep, rich biblical truths. So, for instance, take this stanza from Before the Throne of God Above, one of the songs we'll be talking about today. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. I wish all of us in the church would sing the old hymns more often. Honestly, I love a lot of the current worship songs, but sometimes, and maybe it's just me, but I scratch my head with some of the lyrics. And don't get me wrong, there are a ton of wonderful new songs out there. And I love many of them, just as I'm sure you do. But my contention is that we should never abandon the old hymns. And if we as families don't sing them and teach them to our kids, we're in danger of them being lost. Yes, they may sing them at church, but we as strategic families can ensure that a new generation of worship leaders will have these songs in mind to choose from. Anyway, I love the old hymns, and I hope you do too. There are tons of them that are just so important for the historic Christian faith. You know, in the midst of all the craziness around us, these old words are just grounding. That's the best word I can think of for it. So one kind of nerdy fact about all these hymns that I'm suggesting today, the average age of these hymns is 182 years old. How cool is that, that we can sing these words now because they've been passed down from our faithful brothers and sisters over the years? When we sing these lyrics, it's so comforting to know that our brothers and sisters through generations have sung the exact same words that we're singing, which is why I pretty much always think we should keep the old words as well. Here on the Strategic Families Podcast, we are raising Ebenezer's, if you know what I mean. So if you're a worship leader, I would implore you to keep the old words in the songs. If people don't know what they mean, what a great opportunity to look it up and have a teaching slash learning moment. 
So I believe we owe it to our kids to teach them these hymns, or at least expose them to the hymns, and then hopefully they'll stay with them all their lives. If you listen to the episode with Andrew Pudawa, number 29, you'll recall that he encouraged us to have five hymns memorized as part of preparing for persecution. And today we're going to discuss seven. And as Andrew has said, maybe persecution is coming, maybe not, we don't know. But regardless of what happens, we will be better off for having stored these great hymns in our minds. I'm reminded of a friend of ours whose grandmother passed away recently, and while she couldn't remember much uh, at the end, what was so sweet and awesome is that she could remember hymns. How cool is that? So, all right, one disclaimer here before we get going. I just want to acknowledge that these are all old hymns, and there are some amazing, absolutely fantastic new hymns out there. And on this note, of course, I have to give a shout out to Keith and Kristen Getty, If you know their music, you'll know what I'm talking about. We had the wonderful privilege of seeing them in concert earlier this year in Charlotte. And oh, wow, what a blessing. They sang their best known hymn, In Christ Alone, and so many other amazing hymns. Probably my favorite from the evening was He Will Hold Me Fast. So if you don't know that one, highly, highly recommend checking that out. And just their music is amazing. One thing in particular that I'd recommend is around Christmas time, you have to check out their album called Joy and Iris Christmas Live. Trust me, you will love it. It's the first one I love to play each Christmas. It is just awesome. So check that out. All right. So keeping with the great number seven, today we're going to talk about the top seven old hymns to teach your kids. Of course, these seven are by no means the authoritative list, but I submit them for nominees as some of the greatest hymns of all time. And if you're a worship leader or if you ever lead music, even just in a small gathering, please consider working these into your set list. Before we get started, check the show notes for a public playlist in YouTube Music and Spotify so you can add these songs easily to your existing accounts with just a couple of clicks. All right, let's dive in. Number seven, we're going to go with Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. According to Pepperdine University, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing was written by Robert Robinson in 1758. So for this grand old hymn, I'm suggesting a version by Chris Tomlin that has a cool added chorus to it. Okay, so here are the lyrics. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. O to grace how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be, let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And then Chris Tomlin's chorus goes, How your kindness yet pursues me. How your mercy never fails me. Till the day that death shall loose me. I will sing. Oh, I will sing. Like I said, we're raising Ebenezers here on the Strategic Families Podcast. And you may know this, but an Ebenezer is from the Old Testament, a physical representation to help us remember God's faithfulness. So I recommend going with the old lyrics and then use this as a teaching tool for your kids. For Ebenezer, see 1 Samuel 7, when Samuel set up a stone and called it Ebenezer after the Lord gave his people a victory over the Philistines. And how about that line about us being prone to wander? How true is that? 
We know this of ourselves, and while it's humbling to admit it, it's so good for our souls to be honest about how we act. It reminds us of how much we are in need of a Savior. Even the title of this song says so much. God is the fount of every single blessing we've ever had. It all comes from Him. So a couple of scriptures that tie in well with the song include Isaiah 53, 7. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And then finally, Psalm 16.2, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. So that's number seven, come thou fount of every blessing. Teach it to your kids. All right, number six, before the throne of God above. According to hymnologyarchive.com, the words of this hymn were written by Charity Lees Smith and first published in 1863. The playlist includes a version by a group called Shane and Shane. I love Shane and Shane's music, so if you haven't checked them out, highly recommend them. You can just sense the passion and their love for the Lord, and it's infectious. It just kind of makes you want to sing at the top of your lungs. So, Before the Throne of God Above, I just love this song. Such wonderful truths for us to be reminded of. I'll read the lyrics, and these may be familiar to you, but let them sink in freshly for you now. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God, the just, is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Behold him there, the risen Lamb my perfect, spotless righteousness, the great, unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. Wow, what fantastic reminders. So rich. There's so much there. Christ pleads for us. If we're in Christ, our names are graven on his hands. Though Satan tempts us, we can look to the one who made an end of all our sin. Christ is sinless and perfect, and because of his sacrifice, we are freed, and God is satisfied to look on Christ and pardon us. He is perfect and spotless, and we are secure in him. Wonderful truths, and what great things to fill our kids' heads with. And of course, our own heads. So a couple of scriptures that tie in well with this hymn include... Colossians 2, 13-14, In you, who were dead in your trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. 1 John four sixteen. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. 
So glorify God in your body. All right, that's number six, before the throne of God above. Love that hymn. All right, number five, turn your eyes upon Jesus. This is probably a lesser known hymn, but if you've never heard of it, give it a listen. It's so beautiful. According to songfacts.com, the words were written by Helen Howarth Lemmel in 1918. The suggested versions on the playlist are one by Alan Jackson, so it's got a country feel to it, and then one by Sovereign Grace Music, which is a live version, and you will love that version. So let me read some of the lyrics to you. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Through death into life everlasting, he passed, and we follow him there. Over us, sin no more hath dominion, for more than conquerors we are. And turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him, and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. And turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And then the Sovereign Grace version has two other stanzas that I want to read. It says, Turn your eyes to the hillside where justice and mercy embraced. There the Son of God gave his life for us, and our measureless debt was erased. And then the chorus goes like this, Jesus, to you we lift our eyes. Jesus, our glory and our prize. We adore you, behold you, our Savior ever true. O Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. And in verse 3, Turn your eyes to the morning and see Christ the Lion awake. What a glorious dawn, fear of death is gone, for we carry his life in our veins. And then the last verse, Turn your eyes to the heavens, our King will return for his own. Every knee will bow, every tongue will shout, all glory to Jesus alone. Whew, so powerful. Don't you love that line about the things of earth growing dim in the light of Christ? Absolutely marvelous. So, so, so important for us to know this. As we keep our eyes on Jesus, the things of this world that we tend to gravitate towards, think of money and status and fame and Facebook likes, whatever, they pale in comparison with the beauty of Christ. What a wonderful song. And trust me, you will love the Sovereign Grace version as well. Just so beautiful, so worshipful. My coworker, Melissa, recommended this, and I instantly fell in love with it. I love that line also in the Sovereign Grace version about justice and mercy embracing at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he erased our measureless debt through his substitutionary death. Yes, amen. All right, so a couple of scriptures that tie in really well with this song include Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then also the very last chapter of the Bible tells us that we will see Jesus' face. Revelation 22, verses 3 to 4. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. 
They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Amen. Amen. All right. So that is number five. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Number four, be thou my vision. Oh man, this might be my all-time favorite melody. It's an old Irish melody, I think, and boy, is it beautiful. This song is hard to beat for just sheer loveliness. If you have a baby that you need to get to sleep, this is a great one. There's that line about waking or sleeping that makes me think of this song. I remember singing it to at least one of our little ones in the crib. So according to umcdiscipleship.org, the original lyrics may be dated to the 8th century, but then it was translated much later by a lady named Mary Byrne in Ireland and published in 1905. So no matter how you date it, this one is old. The playlist has a suggested version by Chris Ives. All right, here are the lyrics. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word, I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, and I thy true Son, thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise, thou mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart, high King of heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of heaven, my victory won, May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. So a couple of scriptures that tie in with this hymn. 1 Peter 1, 3-4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. John 17, 20b to 21, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And of course, that's Jesus praying. So just think of that line, riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise, thou mine inheritance now and always. I would call that first line even a little provocative. Quote, man's empty praise. Think about how desperately and sinfully we desire the praise of man. And this hymn declares it to be empty, which it is. In this way, I would say the hymn can have a beautifully rebuking element to it. But this hymn is so comforting as well. We are proclaiming that whether waking or sleeping, his presence is our light, that we're one with him, that he is our highest love and greatest joy. And again, when it comes to melody, I'm not sure you can beat this one on this side of heaven. So many modern songs just seem to have a really limited melody, and this one is the exact opposite, using so many notes just beautifully. What a fantastic song to teach your kids as they grow up. Highly, highly recommend this one. And that's number four, Be Thou My Vision. All right, number three, Oh For A Thousand Tongues To Sing. Okay, this may be the least known hymn on this list, but for some reason, it has just captured my heart. I love the idea of someone so excited about what God has done in his or her life that they wish they had a thousand tongues to tell others of his goodness. May that be true of us in Christ. According to reasonabletheology.org, this hymn was written by Charles Wesley in 1739 to celebrate the first anniversary of his conversion. The site also says this is one of 6,000 hymns Wesley wrote. 6,000! Wow. You know how we talk about being producers and not just consumers here on the podcast? Well, that man was a producer. He must have come from a strategic family. 
But seriously, anyway, I love this song. It took me a little while to realize what the title of this song was getting at because it's not a normal phrase we say, but it's all about the writer wanting to proclaim God's praise so much that he wishes he had a thousand tongues to tell other people about the Lord. So the suggested version on the playlist is by David Crowder Band, and that's before he had the band Crowder. So anyway, this song is just filled with exclamatory praise, and it's just wonderful. Okay, so here are some of the lyrics. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of thy name. He speaks, and listening to his voice, new life the dead receive, the mournful broken hearts rejoice, the humble poor believe. And actually, this next stanza is not included in the Crowder version, but is my favorite stanza. Um, It says this, Hear him, ye deaf, his praise, ye dumb, your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold your Savior come, and leap, ye lame, for joy. I mean, it's just beautiful. So I love, so a couple of verses that tie in well with this song include Psalm 51 and Psalm 150. So Psalm 5115 says, open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so that's number three. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Number two, great is thy faithfulness. I'm sure you know this old hymn. What a wonderful, powerful reminder right there in the title. He is so faithful to us. And if you stop and think about that for a second, it's astounding, isn't it? We normally think about our faithfulness to God, and of course we want to be faithful to Him. But we know we continually fall short, just like Romans 3.23 reminds us. Our degree of faithfulness to Him is shifting, unstable, variable, but not His to us. He is ever faithful, ever true. He keeps His promises to His people. According to LifeWay.com, the lyrics for this hymn were published in 1923, written by Thomas Chisholm. The suggested version in the playlist is by Chris Rice. What a wonderful old hymn, and I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts from it. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And of course there are other lyrics, but that's just a couple of excerpts. And of course, this reminds us of Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And you know, that line at the end of the chorus there, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. You know, think about that. What a great phrase to just have 
in your head, in the back of your mind all the time, knowing that he has been, is, and always will be faithful. Everything we've ever needed, he has provided. What a good, faithful God. I love how this song reminds us of that. So that's number two, great is thy faithfulness. And number one, and I'll bet you saw this one coming, Amazing Grace. There's probably no greater old hymn to teach your kids than Amazing Grace. You may know this, but the original lyrics were written by a former slave owner named John Newton. And if you haven't seen the movie Amazing Grace about the life of William Wilberforce, I could not more highly recommend it. Actually, probably my favorite movie of all time. There's a scene where Wilberforce encounters John Newton in his old age, and it's so powerful. So according to the Library of Congress, this poem was written by Newton in 1772. But when you think about that context of Newton being a former slave owner, it gives this song just that much more meaning. As a former slave owner, to know the grace of Christ can cover even the wretchedness of that life, it is indeed amazing. And if we're honest with ourselves about our own condition, we'll recognize our own wretchedness and yet the beauty of the grace of Christ to overcome it all. Chris Tomlin's version is fantastic, and that's the one we have on the playlist. So, here are the lyrics. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. Twas grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. The Lord hath promised good to me, his word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be, as long as life endures. The world shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine. But God, who called me here below, will be forever mine. And then this stanza is not in Chris Tomlin's version, but I think we all know and love it. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. And I'm not sure if that last line was written by Charles Wesley or not, but still awesome. And then Chris Tomlin's chorus is beautiful as well. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. A scripture that ties in great with this hymn is from Romans 3, 21 to 26. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, amazing grace. I don't think I need to convince you, but what a great, great hymn to make sure you teach your kids. So that's all we have for today's episode on the top seven old hymns to teach your kids. Of course, I can't claim that these are actually the top seven. These are the seven I wanted to emphasize, but there are so many others we could name, like It Is Well With My Soul comes to mind. 
But here's a suggestion. Maybe at dinner once or twice this week, take one of these hymns, pull up the lyrics on your phone and just read them to your kids. And then just take one or two lines to emphasize by explaining the concept in your own words. Maybe it'll prompt a discussion. Maybe your kids will just nod their heads. Either way, you've got ready-made amazing content that can be so useful to fill your kids' heads with beautiful truths of our faith. Remember, just tap on the show notes for a public playlist that you can add from Spotify or YouTube Music. Check us out on strategicfamilies.com, and we'd love to hear what old hymns you like to teach your kids. All right, that's it for now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.